Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Meeker. I'm also the executive producer of Successful Farming Television on RFD-TV. This podcast is an extension of Successful Farming Magazine, and we cover a lot of the same topics, but we're also interested in learning what you want to hear about. So you can reach out to us and let us know if there are any topics you'd like to hear or guests you'd like us to interview by emailing podcast at agriculture.com. You can also visit the show's website, agriculture.com slash podcast, to get more information about this show and to listen to other shows. You can also follow me on Twitter. You can find me at Jason Meeker. Joining me today is Natalina Sense with the YI Farm Tour, sponsored by Bex. Uh, I really appreciate you coming in and talking to me today, taking time out of the short amount of time you actually get to be at home. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about, I know uh, anyone who knows anything about you has probably heard the story, but give us a condensed version of your background and how you got involved in the uh, YI Farm Project. Yeah, so I grew up in southeast Iowa, but I didn't grow up on a farm. Um, I had lots of friends, neighbors, and FFA advisors that were really influential people in my life and grew my passion for agriculture. Um, But I've also had a creative side. And so growing up, I always thought I'd have to choose between the two. I thought I'd have to choose a career that was creative or something in agriculture. And uh, it wasn't until I went to a ag business meeting that Bex Hybrids um, was introducing themselves to Iowa State students um, where I saw these YI Farm videos. And in that moment, I realized I can do something in agriculture that's creative, and there's a need for that. Um, there's a lot of amazing stories in agriculture that need to be told, and you can do that in a creative way. And so when I saw those videos, um, I, I'll admit I was trying not to cry in front of all my students, <laughs> in fr- front of my classmates in the basement of Carver Hall, um, and I knew right away that's what I wanted to do with my career. Um, so from there, I continued to follow Bex, continued to follow the YFR movement as they um, created more of these videos. And after two years of following them, um, I was able to get a marketing internship with them, which was an amazing experience. I actually got to go back to Iowa. They're based in Indiana. So I got to go back to Iowa and tell the story of the Prowley brothers. Or, well, I didn't tell the story, but I was a part of the team um, that told the story of the Prowley brothers um, who farm in northern Iowa, and then I also got to be a part of the team that made the Henningsen's Why I Farm song music video. And so seeing the Henningsen's um, make this country music song that was so great, um, if you haven't listened to it, it's worth a YouTube, it gives me goosebumps still. Um, But after seeing that they're a seventh generation farm family from Illinois, they've been inspired by these videos. They've come up with their own spin on it. Maybe I could do something like that too. And so um, my internship wrapped up. I had a great experience. I knew I appreciated Bex. I appreciated the values they had. I appreciated um, the passion they had for telling farmers' stories in a really creative and authentic way. Um, but I knew I wasn't quite ready for a real job, I guess, <laughs> or, you know, um, life in an office. Um, and For as long as I can remember, I've had this goal of traveling to all 50 states by the time I was 25. And so that started snowballing into the YI Farm road trip. So the December before I graduated from Iowa State University, I pitched the idea of this year-long 50-state road trip to Bex. They were on board, and we've been able to partner um, so far 10 months through um, this year-long road trip. Wow. So the the tour wraps up at the end of May? Yes. Yes. Great. Um, so 
when I first heard about your story, um, little, little over a year ago, um, I started thinking as a dad, if one of my kids right out of college decided they were going to travel for a year to all 50 States by themselves, how would, I don't, I don't know how I would react to that. How did your family react to this, <laughs> this adventure? Yeah, I'm so thankful. They've been incredibly supportive. I'll never forget walking through Target, you know, like you normally do, getting the essentials and trying to casually, nonchalantly mention to my dad that I think I was going to just not take a job and go on this year-long 50-state road trip. And he's like, well, you need to call me back and we're going to have a conversation about this. Um, we're this not going to have this target, target conversation in Target. Um, but they've been so supportive. They never once told me no. I mean, it was interesting to see how my parents expressed their concerns in different ways. You know, my dad wanted to make sure I was on track to get my taxes done right. And, <laughs> you know, I was organized that way. And my mom wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to text and drive or talk to strangers. And I thought I was str- going to talk to strangers every day. <laughs> um, but, you know, make safe decisions. And right. um, so that was great. But they've always been very supportive. I always wonder if it's because they knew I'd come up with something crazier if they told me no. <laughs> Um, but they've been great and I, I can't thank them enough for their support. That's, that's great. So you said that the, um, the why I farm videos that you saw in, in while you're in school were a, a big inspiration. Who, who are some of your other professional inspirations or who do you kind of look up to that inspire you and kind of inspired your, your goal to, to see all 50 States? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there's some farmers that are, that are doing a great job of telling their story on on their own, whether they're blogging or Snapchatting, Facebooking or tweeting. Um, just hearing those stories raw from, from the farm is something I've always appreciated. Um, I participate in the ag chat conversations on Tuesday nights. And so there's a lot of really inspiring farmers there that I was like, you know, more people need to hear your stories. Um, and then outside of agriculture, I've been a loyal follower of the Humans of New York Facebook mm-hmm. page. And uh, that gets me every time. <laughs> I don't know if you follow it, but sometimes he posts um, stories in different parts. And so it might take him all day to get through all six parts of the story. And I'm that person at my desk wasting wasting my whole day hitting refresh waiting for the next part to come out because you have to know you know did he overcome this trial or how are his kids or whatever the story's about um so i've always just been sucked in by other people's stories storytelling so the the your trip is sponsored by bex how much influence do they have in which farms you visit and what you write how like how much say how much do they tell you what what to do yeah, well, we work together great as a team, um, but I get to come up with the farmers I visit. I visited a few of their customers, and if I'm in a pinch, you know, they're always game to help me out with their connections. Um, and the customers that I visited of theirs have been fantastic, but they're a regional seed company, so they're not in a majority right. of the states that I'm visiting, um, which is part of why I'm so excited that they've chosen to partner with mm-hmm. me, and I think really demonstrates their commitment to this storytelling of agriculture um that they don't have a lot of incentive to tell stories in alaska um but they they've been very supportive but i get to come up with the farmers i visit i get to pick the order of the states um a lot of it's kind of in my lap (laughs) right well that's that's really cool it's um yeah that's uh, i've kind of assumed that at reading a lot of the the blog posts that you know doesn't you don't mentioned Beck's a lot and you know they put their little logo in the corner of the photos and stuff but uh 
but I can tell that it's it's up to you to to pick and choose and and you get great stories from from everybody well thank you mm-hmm. so talking to farmers all from coast to coast um obviously you still have a month almost two months left mm-hmm. um what are some of the three or four issues either universal issues that all farmers kind of face or if there are regional things what what kinds of things are they concerned about that that you found in, in talking to farmers yeah, overall, I would say, and we talk about it a lot, but I feel like there needs to be an even deeper discussion about succession planning. You know, mm. I can't tell you how many times I've been riding along and uh, I'm riding with the son generation, we'll call him, and he'll say, well, I don't know what dad is going to do about this. Or, um, you know, and he's a 45, 50-year-old man and he doesn't know what his future holds because mm-hmm. he's still waiting on decisions to be made um, by older generations. And those conversations aren't easy to have. Right. Um, I've stuck my foot in my mouth plenty of times <laughs> when I ask about, you know, the future of the farm or uh, certain assets that, but when you realize like they haven't had that conversation and, and that bothers them, but it's not an easy conversation to have either. Um, so there's a lot of concern about that. Um, and overall, a lot of farmers feel misunderstood Mm. Um, I feel very, very thankful that I've never been rejected for an interview because people don't want to talk to me. Right. A lot of times it's planning, you know, timing doesn't work out. I'm only in a state for maximum of a week. Um, but I also feel very privileged that they're that comfortable with me, that there are a lot of people out there looking to tell their story that maybe casting a different light than they are, are hoping for. Um, and many of my interviews are in the buddy seat or, you know, riding around in the pickup or mm-hmm. we're dumping feed between questions. Right. They're, um, they're not taking the afternoon off to right, talk to you. Right. They're still doing their, it's more of a job shadow yeah. <laughs> than, <laughs> um, than an interview per se. But, um, I think it's important that those of us who are excited to tell the story of agriculture are willing to meet the farmer where they're at and um, be flexible with their plans that if the alpacas got out, we're going to get the alpacas in before we continue the interview. And that happened in New Jersey. Um, (laughs) That I think there's, there's certainly a desire to tell their story. um, But the logistics of making that all happen can be challenging and that they're aware of that and concerned with that. Um, then there's a lot of issues that growing up in Iowa, surrounded by corn, soybeans, cattle, and hogs, that I didn't realize were issues for farmers, whether that's labor. Um, I'd never heard of the H-2A program until the, I had the opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. with the American Agrowoman. And just um, all the paperwork and all the hoops to jump through on top of their farming operation, these farmers have to get reliable labor for some of the more labor-intensive crops or water issues. Mm -hmm. In Iowa, we pray for rain or pray for the rain to stop, but um, we don't have to go to these big meetings about who's going to get water rights and state water and federal water and letting levees go and things that are way over my head that I didn't understand while I was in California and Arizona and New Mexico. Um, but that's just as important to them as where they're getting their seed or where they're getting their chemical inputs, that that's, that's a big concern for them. Um, and something that I'm glad I'm learning more about, um, on this road trip. Yeah. How about, um, on the other side, what, what do you feel like they're most optimistic about? What, 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 
I think farmers are very excited about um, the technology and the choices that they have. That one of the things that I think is so special about my job is I get to talk to farmers that are 79 years old and I get to talk to farmers that are 19 years old. And to talk to that older generation that has worked this field that we're standing in with horses or that learned to drive a tractor with a moldboard plow uh, in this field and now says, and now we do no-till and our snow isn't black anymore. Or, um, you know, now we're using way less pesticide because we have GMOs and right. and I don't need to be spraying as much as we used to. Or um, farmers that say, now we have a farmer's market 20 minutes away from me. And so I can meet my customer and shake their hand and hear about how this pork is going to be served at their nephew's first birthday party. You know, that's um, an opportunity that I didn't have or my family didn't have years before. And so um, I think there's a lot of exciting things coming in agriculture and and farmers are certainly part of that excitement. Great. So um, you've seen more of this country in a year than probably most Americans will see in their whole life. So um, if you had to pick one place that you were going to have to spend the rest of your life living there, where would it be? (laughs) That's a tough question. I've seen a lot of really beautiful places, Um, just breathtaking places. Mm -hmm. But I've also realized like home isn't so bad after all. So although I don't know if I'll ever uh, live full time in Iowa or Illinois, um, you know, I think the Midwest is a pretty cool place. And as long as I have Casey's, uh, I'll be pretty happy. <laughs> I've learned I miss Casey's. <laughs> I've learned Casey's I miss General Casey's Stiller. on the road. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so this is a two-part question kind of related. Uh, which is the worst state that you visited? And do you think we should just give Michigan to Canada? Actually, um, I don't know what my least favorite you don't have to answer that i just just michigan was one of my favorite states i didn't realize that they are the second most agriculturally diverse state in the country and um that was kind of foolish of me but also i was very inexperienced when i got to michigan that was my third state so uh there were some people that were very forgiving of my flaws and very patient with my lack of interview skills there that i have to give a shout out to my friends in michigan (laughs) All right. Well, we'll have to edit all that out because we're not going to say anything good about Michigan. No, I'm just kidding. Um, having my um, gone to graduate school at Ohio State, that's that. That's why my my aversion to saying anything nice about Michigan. But I have family that live in Michigan, so and it's a beautiful, beautiful state actually. So, no letters from Michigan. Well, you can send me letters. That's, that's right. There's no such thing as bad press. So, what's the most? Unco- well, you kind of talked about this already. Um, talking about the the secession planning, the most uncomfortable question you have to ask farmers is there what is there another one something else that's hard to ask or uncomfortable to ask or is that what the biggest the most difficult one Mm, not particularly I mean it's not necessarily an uncomfortable question to ask but at the end of every interview I say and why do you farm Mm -hmm. and I had to learn to deal with that uncomfortable silence for a while um that why you get out of bed every day, even though it's part of who you are and it's a big part of your story, that's not something you consciously think through or put words to every day. Mm-hmm. And so there, I was l- listening to audio this morning. There was two minutes of silence and you just have to be okay with that and let them process that. Um, and it's a big answer in ag why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
it may not be uncomfortable for them, or at least I hope it's not uncomfortable for them, but it, learning to deal with that awkward silence was uncomfortable for me at the beginning. So they don't all just say, because I'm in it for the money? No, I've never had a farmer <laughs> say, you know, I, I wanted to be a farmer because I thought I could be rich and famous. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's always very, uh, very altruistic. I wanted, yeah, answer, which is great. Uh, which questions you ask farmers typically get the best responses? It really depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, although there are some really strong themes in agriculture that there's farmers that, you know, farm because this is their connection to the land or their connection to creation or um, their way to contribute to the community or their way to carry on family legacy. They're all very different as well. And so, um, you know, whatever kind of strikes a chord with people. And a lot of times it's the question that I didn't mean to ask, but I couldn't think of my real question. And so I just threw this one in here. And sometimes it surprises me and it opens up a can of worms that I didn't Mm. realize was there. Um, But I think that's the beautiful thing about what I get to do. So the next leg of your trip is the Pacific Northwest. What are you looking forward to about and you mentioned to me earlier that you'd, you've never been to that part of the country before, so it'll be your first time visiting Idaho, Washington, Oregon. Um, what are you looking forward about visiting that yeah, part of the country? absolutely. Well, like you said, I haven't been there. There are a few regions of the country that I visited um, prior to this road trip that it was fun to go back, but this is like uncharted territory for me, so it's um, really exciting. I'm excited to drive through some of the big ranching areas, you know, that it's funny out in New England, if you have a big farm, you know, a hundred acres is a big farm out West, you know, a hundred acres is a garden. Right. (laughs) Um, so it's, it'll be fun to see things on a scale that I've never experienced before. Um, there's some really exciting tree crops that it was fun to see in New England, but I've learned as I cross the country, it's fun to see different farm or the same kind of farm in different States because they'll, have different practices that are best adapted to their soil, their climate, their family's history, their, you know, way of life. And, um, so I'm excited about that. Um, I hear hops are grown out there really well. I visited a hops farm in Pennsylvania that was learning from hops farmers, um, out West. So excited to learn about kind of the more established industry out there. Um, I could ramble about this forever. It's just (laughs) what gets me excited. Yeah. Obviously, that's that's really great. Um, so I heard an, an, another in, interview with you recently. You talked about visiting an olive farm in, was it in Texas? Yeah. And that yeah. was the first time, and that was something, kind of a bucket list thing yes. that you wanted to do. Um, what, what else haven't you seen yet that you're hoping to see? Well, I've seen aquaculture aside from this road trip, but I've never interviewed um, people that are involved in aquaculture. Uh, well, I'll take that back. Um, strictly aqua, aquaculture. Okay. There was a farm in Ohio that had aquaculture and a market garden and a CSA program that was really cool. But I'd love to learn more about aquaculture. Um, so if I get that opportunity in the next couple months, that would be pretty fun. Okay. Um, how many speeding tickets have you gotten on your trip? Zero. Zero. Good. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood, right? Yeah. I've got two months left. Well... I mean, if you Don't haven't got one, yeah, if you haven't got one yet, you're probably it's probably because of the way you drive rather than than uh, than luck. No, it's luck. We'll go with that. Okay, <laughs> it's the way I drive. We'll go with that. All right. So I forgot to introduce my co-host at the beginning, so I'll introduce her now. Do you want to a- ask your questions? 
Anna McConnell is the digital content editor for Successful Farming and Agriculture.com, and she has some questions she wants to ask. Here, I'll move over and let you have this microphone. All right. Well, most of the people that read our magazine specifically are corn and soybean farmers, summer wheat. Um, we do a little bit of beef and then, of course, hog producers as well. But I was curious as to what you think traditional corn and soybean farmers would find surprising about agriculture that they haven't seen yet. Like what things have triggered you as a native Iowan that are like, wow, people around me don't know that this was happening? Well, I think even in agriculture, and I hate to say this, but I think we have stereotypes about other types of farmers that you must be a hippie if you go to the farmer's market or, you know, like you're this tough old leathered cowboy if you have cattle. Um, maybe I, I, I don't think those are true. Um, that there, of course there are people that fit that stereotype, but just like not all corn and soybean farmers are the same. Uh, not all tomato farmers are the same or not all apple farmers are the same. Um, not all cattle folks are the same. And so, um, I think sometimes in agriculture, we're really quick to be critical of the quote unquote consumer that, you know, has us painted in their mind as something we may not be in agriculture, but I think we also um, can be guilty of that within our own industry. Hmm. That's actually a unique perspective on that, because I was just curious as to what really triggered your mind. So that's kind of leads to my next question, which is how has seeing so many different facets of agriculture and different crops and things, and practices especially, how has that shaped the way you look at agriculture as a whole? Well, I love this. Um, part about the road trip, but I cannot look at my dinner plate without thinking of the Smith's farm or, you know, the farm that I had the best chocolate chip cookies on or, you know, like I look at my dinner plate and the flood of memories come, Mm -hmm. uh, which sounds kind of silly. But even at lunch today with you guys, uh, I was like, oh, I wonder if this is a goat farm like, you know, so-and-so's or I wonder if these strawberries were grown hydroponically or maybe I'm just a nerd. But um, it's certainly given me an appreciation for the story of my food, I guess. Right. And do you think that other farmers that you've interviewed along the way are curious as to what different types of farmers are doing on their operations or their ranches? Or Absolutely. you see that curiosity, um, too? Just about every farmer has said, man, I wish I could tag along with you. And for a while, I thought, whoa, what if I could, like, create a business out of helping farmers, like, tour other farm places but then I realized you know most farmers don't get to take vacation and if they do it's because oh it rained last night and we're supposed to be in the field so let's go somewhere for the weekend really fast uh that planning an RV trip for farmers may not be so (laughs) realistic but maybe retired farmers although we know they don't really retire retirement um well if you don't end up doing the business with the RV trip for farmers You've pretty much been living the ag journalist dream, in my opinion, (laughs) as an ag journalist. I'm curious as to where you're going to go from here. There's got to be so many ideas flooding your brain as you go on this road trip. Yeah, I'm really excited to see where the future takes me. This road trip has confirmed, without a doubt, I'm passionate about telling farmer stories. That's what I'm meant to do in this world. Um, And so I don't know what form that's going to take on in the future for the next uh, several months. I'm going to move back to Iowa and get used to being a normal person and picking my clothes out of a closet and waking (laughs) up in the same bed every day. Um, But I'm excited to see where this adventure continues to take me and what farmers it brings across my path. 
You got a lot of opportunities ahead of you. I can't wait to see what you do. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So I thought of a couple questions during Perfect. during. So I've heard I've heard a couple of interviews with you already, and and I don't want you to, like I said, I don't want to repeat things you've already said. So yeah. do you have a story that you haven't shared on a, another podcast or in another interview that is funny or interesting or poignant or? I'll let you think about that one. Um, the thing that I had forgotten that I have now remembered was when you, when you mentioned the egg chat on Twitter, Yeah. um, I don't participate a lot, but a lot of times I'll just kind of lurk and, and, and read the questions and read people's responses and think, oh, I probably have an answer that nobody really cares about, but so I'll just keep it to myself. But what, um, you're really good at is the gifs or gifs. <laughs> <laughs> you always, always tag an animated uh, image to your responses and it's always hilarious so uh, keep that up thanks <laughs> um, so anyway. Tim Hamridge and I have a, a friendly gift Com- war back and forth yeah. on, on egg chat most nights okay um, but you're yeah you're always you've always already found the, the perfect animation to go with the <laughs> answer you have before I've even composed an answer in my head so anyway um, do, could, do you have any fun stories that you you mentioned chasing alpacas in New Jersey. Yeah. Is there yeah. A, a story to go along with that? Or is that basically the whole? Um, we're in the middle of an interview and alpacas started showing up where alpacas shouldn't Should have been. Be. So we had to go figure out which pen they belonged in. And uh, it was a really, really hot day. We were both like sweating buckets just standing there in the barn talking. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we got some pictures before because neither of us were picture worthy after this alpaca wrangling adventure. Um, you do a good job of uh, mixing both men and women in your um, in your features on your on the blog. Um, as a young woman starting out in not in farming per- mm-hmm. specifically, but in agriculture and, and telling ag story, what what do you see as, um, or who do you see as kind of inspirational women or people who you kind of look up to that um, inspire you? Oh boy. It just amazes me. Every time I'm around women, I'm like, whoa, I'm struggling to get me and this little car around the country. And they're moms and bookkeepers for the farm and grain cart drivers and cooks and softball coaches and, you know, like, all these roles, all these hats they have, and men too, um, that it's just amazing. I think that's one thing that I knew going in, but I've realized even more how much farmers and people in agriculture care about their community. Um, I had one farmer in Ohio just kind of lay it out there and say, um, we're not picking up this farm. We're not going anywhere. So that's why it's important for us to make sure that I'm on the school board so that my my school is you know, or my children's school is on track. And uh, I volunteer as a 4-H leader because I want opportunities for kids in my community. And I'm involved in my church because I want I want that to be um, a healthy part of my community. And they're so willing to invest in their community um, because we're rooted here. This is, most of these farms have been in this place for Five, six, seven, in New England, 11, 12, 13 generations. I think I'm getting off track from your question. No, no, that's, that's fine. But um, 
that just really inspires me that it's been really interesting to live on the road. And although I have a community, I'm so, so thankful that this community of agriculture can show up to your house and talk to you for 10 minutes and feel like we've known each other for life. That in that sense, I'm a part of a community, but I don't have, you know, a bank I go to every week, a post office I go to every week, people I say hi to at the grocery store every day, a place that I go to church every week. That's just not part of my life right now. And so maybe it's just that I miss that, but I'm, my senses are really tuned into that right now. And it's cool to see uh, how farmers play a huge role in their communities. Um, kind of related to that, and I didn't have this one written down, but um, you were in kind of the Western Plains, the uh, Oklahoma and Kansas and Texas, the the areas affected by the wild, wildfires uh, mm-hmm. recently, um, which is another story where farmers helping farmers and it really is a community has been really inspiring um, to me sitting here safe and sound and in Des Moines being able to watch it from far away. But you actually were in mm-hmm. the areas. Uh, talk about that a little bit. What was that like? It just gives you chills. It's, I mean, I'm driving this little Ford Green Fiesta and a convoy of 25 massive semis with these huge round bales drive past you and you know where they're going. Yeah. It, I've got goosebumps right now just thinking about it. And to hear stories of people um, that lived through it um, and or people who are helping amplify those stories, you know, I've been really tuned into some of those podcasts, some of those news stories. I have a friend from Michigan that recently um, was a part of a convoy down there and back. And to see it for yourself and experience those emotions, but also because I'm with farmers almost every day to try to put yourself in those shoes. There's no words for it. It's, it's incredible. Um, but also in another sense, I'm reminded that I don't want to take away from that tragedy at all. That's Mm -hmm. it's massive. There's a lot of devastation there. There's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of places for, um, people to jump in and help, but there's, that's what has happened is, what the farming community is like across the country. I've heard stories on a smaller scale. You know, we had a combine fire or my father-in-law mm-hmm. had a heart attack during harvest or, um, you know, my mother-in-law got ran over by a tractor. And while they're like micro stories compared to this massive millions of acres burning, the same thing happens. Mm-hmm. The community, you know, pours in resources, pours in help, pours in meals, you know, it's not cheap to like run a combine and semis and, mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff, but they'll come out of the woodwork when there's a tornado at your farm or someone, you know, a key person on your farm has a health issue. And so I'm also reminded that this isn't news and fascinating and cool because it's a once in a lifetime thing. Right. Um, it's just on a larger scale for people to, to see it. Um, that this, this is who agriculture is mm-hmm. all the time, even when it's not headlines. So, we're, how how close were you to some of the some of those um, so some of those fields that were burned? Did you? I um I had to reroute to avoid some of it. Okay. Um I there were areas that I was driving through that were hazy and smoky. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that I drove at night to avoid some of the traffic and that okay. sort of thing. But it was still. It was like driving through hog, fog with your headlights, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I met a lot of people who had spent the day or the afternoon volunteering and and uh, 
I kind of made the personal decision to avoid that area. And there are going to be other people's telling those other people telling those mm-hmm. stories um, that, that there's just a lot of raw emotion there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how can people follow you for the last couple of months um, and get in, get in touch with you or, or learn more about the tour? Yeah. So um, all the farmers that I'm meeting, I'm sharing their stories through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So you can search on those social media platforms for why I farm. That's W H Y I farm. Um, or go to why I farm.com slash blog for full length blog posts, um, beginning to end stories about why farmers do what they do. Great. Thanks again for coming in and spending your, your, uh, brief time in at home in Iowa with us and, and coming in and talking to us. Thanks Appreciate for it. having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks again for listening to the successful farming podcast. And thanks to Natalina for coming in and, and talking with us. If you want to get in touch with us, if you got any feedback about this show or ideas for future shows, again, send us an email podcast at agriculture.com. You can also visit our website, agriculture.com slash podcast. Get more information about this show and listen to other shows. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Meeker. We'll see you next time on another successful farming podcast.